Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu. Hi, this is Emmanuel Manzanares. I'm an action designer, fight coordinator, and filmmaker. I've worked on such films such as Logan, Gemini Man, and the upcoming Harry Haft. And you are listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. Joining me tonight for the second appearance, stuntman, actor, fight choreographer, co-founder of LBP Stunt Chicago. You'll see his work soon as a co-fight coordinator for the upcoming Vin Diesel feature, Bloodshot, which hits theaters next week, Emmanuel Manzanares. Emmanuel, thank you so much for coming back to the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. Thank you for having me, Jeff. I really <laughs> appreciate it. It's great to catch up with you. How are you? How have you been? Good. I've been quite busy kind of running around, um, you know, thankfully, just... Uh, relocated my family back to my hometown in Chicago. Wow. And um, in between that, did a few projects in between. And then I kind of chilled out at the end of the year, which was nice, you know, to be with family and enjoy my house, which really just meant me fixing up my place. That's cool. Um, Congrats. But it was good. And then, uh, yeah, I was just lucky to get some phone calls earlier in the year. So I've just been kind of back and forth between uh, here in LA. Yeah. Busy doing some really, really cool stuff. Well, yeah, you know, that's, that's how it always is. But, you know, some cool and some to pay the bills, but um, but all in good fun, regardless, and lucky to be doing so. Speaking of that fun stuff, one of your most recent videos, I think it's only been a couple of days, uh, the Jay Kwan versus Brian Slayer video, that was mm. amazing. Oh, well, thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's all thanks to, to those guys who are putting their bodies out there and um, just allowing me to express myself as always. So I'm really thankful that those guys are always down and, and eager to try my wacky ideas. So thanks to them for making that what it is. Yeah. Well, speaking of those ideas, how does that idea even come about? Uh, do you just wake up and, and uh, have that nugget of an idea in your head and you're like, I got to go shoot this. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, that's just how it is. Like I get an urge. I might uh, see something, you know, video or film or, have an idea listen to a piece of music or something like that and in this case i was um i was actually working on uh the mandalorian cool i was helping out on that and i was just kind of you know helping with that and in between that whole process it just kind of popped in my head i should do something i should go out I, I had a few days off before i went back home and so i was like you know i should just do an idea and i didn't really know what specific idea I wanted to do. I just run, I knew that I wanted to do something with a bunch of weapons. And then I figured, well, instead of trying to like, you know, cause in these kinds of ideas, like it's not how, when I used to do it, which was, you just kind of go and shoot. It's the same idea, but I have to, I have to really be careful about the audience in the sense of like, you know, I think people are over just seeing a, a random fight happen just because, you know, unless it is pure practice, right, right. which I think is still okay to do, but if you're doing something really long term and, and long form, eventually someone's going to go, why are they fighting for that long? <laughs> right, you know? right. Or someone is going to question, um, why is this happening? Uh, which is fair. So I was like, well, I just want a big excuse to, to do a bunch of different weapons. I don't want to over explain it, but what's a fun way to like give people a sense of 
what we do as independent creatives sometimes, because sometimes that's how it is. You know, you talk to friends, you talk to peers and you're like, I have this idea and I have that idea. And then you get really excited. And then, you know, somewhere down the line, somebody or, or one of you guys is kind of like, great. How do we, how do we end it? It's like, well, uh, I don't know, you know, but I have this idea and I have that, you know, anyway, it goes back, back and forth. So that's kind of how it happened. I just, I didn't think much of how I was really going to structure it. I just knew what I wanted to see. And then I just kind of knew where I figured I would end it. And I told the guys and, you know, we just took it day by day. And it was like three days pretty much uh, to do. And normally in these days, like, if it's Vlad or myself, or I'm sure some other people, you know, they kind of go out for a decent stretch of time, like six to eight hours. You know, you kind of plan how the day is going to go and you, you figure out what you want to do, even if you choreograph on the day. Some people tend to, you know, sometimes go to the a gym or something beforehand and just have a reference. But I just still go out there and I choreograph on the spot and I think of everything on the spot because it just helps me realize the story. It's kind of like when you're doing improv or you're writing a script, you know, from scratch, it's like, it's nice to have the structure, but it's also nice to bend the structure, yeah. you know, so you're not too tied down. It's kind of like what uh, all the Hong Kong guys do, you know, it's like jazz, like everybody spits an idea or everybody kind of figures things out. Um, so, yeah, but this time, you know, the, the boys, Brian and Jay, because they've been doing so much really great short content, you know, especially uh, Brian and I think Jay has a couple of things he might eventually release, but, you know, they're really diving into their own style, which is great. And what I wanted to see out of them is less the technical stuff, which I know they can do, but more like, well, how do they engage and interact with each other? You know, just as two dancers, like how do they perform against type? And then each weapon is like a different slice of their personality or how would they go? And, you know, I just like seeing contrast between performers. So it was much more about getting to do the technical side, but to let the performance take over more. And really guide that so that way they wouldn't have to be ultra picky about the technicality look it's much more like well how effortless can you make this look at times and then sometimes how difficult can you make this look you know like like let the audience in on it so i was much more driven by that and i think that's what kind of gave it this time something a little special and then yeah overall it, it's just it was way more fun and way more chill because you know you're not doing it for um a production or a deadline or a a set style which is all fun too you learn from doing that stuff but when there's really no limits you just end up doing and, and being way more creative but only because you know you're able to stretch it as far as you can go and just see where it takes you so yeah it was great so that's one of the things that i did know is it looked like it felt more fun and kind of effortless in the way that it was going and and for anybody who hasn't seen it yet i'll put uh the link in the show notes but uh one of the cool parts of of this particular video is the guys aren't just fighting but they start to pull weapons out of hammer space and uh you know it, these ridiculous weapons just come out of nowhere and uh they start to interact with each other uh with these weapons while they're fighting and and then there's a, a cool ending so you got to make it all the way through but um I, I thought that there was uh, uh, some anime inspiration uh, with this. I think you mentioned that in one of your posts on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah, I did. You know, I've always uh, grown up watching anime, and I'm a my 80s and 90s kid, so that's kind of where my anime brain is. And I definitely, you know, in the early 2000s to the mid 2000s, kind of kept up with the trends. But at the same time, like all these uh, newer anime, I get recommendations from guys that are younger than me, or have asked me, or you know, have seen. I'm just 
I think I was saying before on the last time I was on that um, I'm really bad with TV. So that includes like, you know, anime series. Like I like OVAs because they're kind of like one-off movies. But, yeah. You know, once you get into series now, I'm like, okay, I have to sit through this. <laughs> I have to sit through this and, and you know, because I like to see how the story progresses. But I, I tend to read more. So I read a lot more of the mangas. Okay. And, um, you know, for any of the, the series that are kind of out or kind of on the, on the up and up, I'd like to read a few chapters at a time. And even from those pages, you know, like your imagination kind of gets going. So what I like to generally do is give people a sense of, how do you say, comfortability, you know? So everyone, I, I well, I would assume everyone kind of understands I have a distinct style. And so I like to lead people on that way. But then I like to just twist it ever so slightly, you know? So it throws people off a little bit, but it's not jarring. So that way, like, you know, it starts off the same. They're fighting hand to hand. Okay, there's a weapon involved. And there's another weapon involved. And, and these are weapons that are kind of familiar ask, right? Especially between the two guys. But then once, like, the katana comes out and the guns come out and the back comes out, it's like, well, now you have more fun and you're able to be creative. But it's also very much like, this is how I would like to, me personally, this is how I would like to see live action anime kind of done. Yeah. That feels real, but it's still over the top. There is still a sense of that, like, you know, anime exaggeration, but not so much that it's so, you know, it's not too niche. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that like, um, thanks to films like Kenshin, uh, thanks to other live action anime films from Japan that have, you know, some are hit or miss, but some really do get into a a sense of, well, this is what it could be, right? This is how it could be done. And there's just hyper realism attached to it, uh, which I really dig because at least it's kind of, there's a human element. And I think fans, whether they're anime like or not, they get inspired by seeing style of action like that so that's kind of my my little taste on there yeah you mentioned your particular style is there a particular signature tip or trick that is uniquely your own that you like to employ in your filmmaking or in your sequences in your action filming i I think what i like to do a lot that i guess i've accepted of myself because before people would ask me that like you know what makes it your style? And I've heard a lot of people um, tell me, you know, it's the way maybe I present it. You know, I lose a lot of dynamic camera movement or not much at all, or make the performers do these very intricate dynamic movements. But I think for me, what I've kind of learned and accepted is I do do that stuff, but, but it's all, I guess it's all within a set purpose. Like, because it comes from my love of uh, musicals, you know, seeing the performers like on a stage, you know, or, or, um, whether it's a film musical or a stage musical, it's like seeing these performers fill the space. And then especially if it's a film musical, like the camera doesn't do much. It does enough, you know, like it's dancing with these performers effortlessly. It kind of lets the performers do the work, but it's also showcasing them at the same time. And then on the other end of the spectrum, because I do lo- love like video games and anime and, you know, Hong Kong cinema where they do take these big grandiose chances sometimes with camera angles, depending on the film or, or whatever. Like I like the camera to almost be this third entity, you know, as the performers are moving, cause it just exaggerates things in a certain way. And so I think that's kind of what I bring to the table. And it's not really that I, I feel like I don't do anything different than anybody else, you know, that's done stuff. I think it's just my flavor of it. And I guess that's what makes it, you know, like anything else of anybody, that's what makes it unique because there's so many great coordinators and designers and choreographers out there that do very similar things. And, you know, 
I like to take a little bit of, of everyone and kind of blend it into my own way. Uh, and it's just, it's my expression of it. Well, something's working for you, obviously. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> well, you also, um, you work with great talent. Jay and Brian did some amazing work in that in that film. Talented martial artists, obviously, filmmakers in their own rights. When you're working with actors, though, actors who don't have maybe martial arts skill or, or not a lot, do you place more value in them ha- actually having skill or is it more important that uh, they show you sincere effort when they're trying to do what you're choreographing for them? You know, I, th- I think it's definitely a combination of both, but obviously if, if their physical skills are unlimited for whatever reason, I think obviously if that they put in the effort and they're showing they want to try, it only helps the team and not just even myself, the team around them, you know, their doubles, their fight team or, or whichever that are dancing with them, right? It's kind of like if you dance with someone and it's one thing if they, you know, they step on your feet, but it's one thing if you're you're having to pull them through every move, you know, having to guide them literally every single time, um, then it's just no fun for anybody. You know, it becomes redundant. Everybody feels a little awkward or uncomfortable. Uh, so it's like what actors say when, you know, they have another actor performer and the person just get, isn't giving them, any, them anything back, you know, in terms of performance. So it's kind of hard to pull a scene if you have someone that's not really giving anything back to you. So I think for me, at least having the actor try, even if they're, you know, completely honest that they can't do much, that's where the trickery and the presentation comes in, you know, trickery in the sense of like, okay, fine. You're, you know, not everyone is going to be Jackie Chan. Everyone is going to be Donnie Yen or Wesley Snipes or any of these martial arts stars that we enjoy. But then people need to understand too, that even those martial arts action stars, they're only heightened and look good because they have great people around them that, you know, exemplify and help exaggerate in a good way of what they're able to do that much more. You know, it's like even, Bruce said that everything that he's doing, it's just an exaggeration of what he feels, right? Because it's a film. Mm -hmm. He would never fight like that in real life. You know, he would never encounter someone like that in real life where it's a standoff and all these things because there's no point to it. But because it's a film, you can let go of that stuff. It's an illusion. It's entertainment. So I think by having the actor understand and everybody understand that, yes, depending on the type of film, you either notch it up and make it fun or, you know, you really think about the repercussions and how this is going to affect people. That's going to be more realistic, but either way, if everybody dances together and works together, it really doesn't matter what the actor does in terms of physicality. It's just, does it feel right? You know, is it have intention? Is it right for the story or the context? You know, does everybody look good in the sense of are all the performers hitting the right tone and marks and all that stuff? I think all of that is way more important than, you know, seeing whatever Oscar nominated actor do a spin hook kick, you know, if it, if it looks like crap, it looks like crap. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's nothing um, forgiving or gratifying, but if you see it done right in the right context, well, it's explosive and it's exciting. And you know, it's the same move that everybody does. It's that kind of, I feel that kind of example. So, yeah, you've worked with a lot of uh, projects. You've worked with a lot of people. Have you had some nightmare scenarios where you're like, Hmm, you're not giving me anything to work with, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to pull you through this. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just say that, you know, in, in our job, it's it's a given anyway, right? It, it could be anything and anyone. So I never like to say that anything's truly a nightmare, 
it's just more like, well, it's your, it's your job to make everybody look good. Yeah. You know, if you are the fight coordinator, regardless of the challenges that are involved, this is why I tell people that, um, if they go and shoot something like in the woods, like even what I did with, with Brian and Jay, right. That takes three days. Mm-hmm. You have to find people that are dedicated to see that through one, two, you, ha- you as a director and the coordinator have to inspire these people to go through that challenge consistently, especially when they're doubting themselves or if they feel like they're not getting it right. So when you're working with actors, you know, it's one or the other, right. And in, in, I guess a basic sense, meaning, some actors are very physical and they love to get involved, but they might not always have the right tone. So you have to, you know, match the choreography to what fits the story. You have to talk with the director, talk with the producers and the writers, convey that with the actor who's going to have his or her opinions on it. And then on the other end, you have some actors that are, you know, incredible performers, but may not be so confident in their physicality. So how do you inspire these people uh, to keep going, especially when it becomes challenging? You know, it's kind of like doing something you've never done before. You already feel uncomfortable doing it. And people are like, no, go and try it, you know, but like they need to feel confident. So I think if you want to really understand what we do, of course, there's going to be nightmare scenarios because there's going to be times where some people are not confident. There's going to be times where people are too confident and everything in between. So you got to be able to to manage that properly, coach them and help them. So everyone looks good and everyone gets what's needed to be done, you know, and, and really at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, it's not always, uh, actors. Sometimes there's some people that are the same way mm-hmm. and that's nothing in the sense of, oh, they're not good enough. It's just what I like to tell everybody is like, you don't have to be a fight person. We can help you make you look good, but as long as you stay involved and it's sincere, it's going to show you know, people are going to be surprised genuinely. And I try to explain that to actors that generally have uh, any confidence issues or just any doubts about it. It's like, well, my job is to to make you look good and give you uh, the responsibility and the comfortability to focus on performance and not worry so, so much about your physicality. But exactly, if I'm giving you, you know, Donnie Yen level moves and you only know how to box, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, right. You know, like, I have to work with you. So yeah, I'm all about the problem solving aspect. And I think people sometimes forget that there's also other factors involved, time and money and and all these things. And listen, you know, everyone can say what they want from the outside, but people need to understand that at the end of the day, we as a stunt team or as a fight team do the best we can. Some productions are very gracious and some productions are not. It's, It's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, but either way, everyone does their best as best as they can. Well, you sound like you're doing just as much dancing as everybody that you're asking. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) totally. You know, but I think that's also the mark of uh, someone that understands that, you know, uh, creativity, you can't just bottle it and expect it to work the way it does. You know what I mean? Like, it's always a team effort. And I always like saying, uh, it's like doing a group project at school. You know, like, generally, not everyone's going to do their job. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. It's going to go down to, like, a few people, but those few people can inspire everybody else to feel like they're a part of it and actually do more than you expect if they work together. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 You know, but that's always the hard part because sometimes when you feel like you do more than the other and not, you know, I'm not just specifically talking about stunts. This could be any department in, you know, film or television or whatnot. Of course it's easy to go, well, I'm doing more work than the other person. But at the end of the day, we're all making the same thing and we're supposed to have fun. You know, what we do is, 
we're very lucky to do what we do. You know, we get to play pretend and, and go and try costumes on and, and make these crazy scenarios and do all these funky things. So it's like, how many people get to say they really get to do that every day? So my whole thing is just, you know, just be grateful and have fun. And, you know, it's going to be difficult. It happens, but it's okay. We're going to get through it. So let's go to uh, something that I'm kind of excited about. Um, Bloodshot is releasing March 13th. Have you seen anything yet? Um, I have not besides what's the promotional stuff, but that looks cool. Yeah. You know, just all promo things, but. I haven't seen anything yet, so I'm looking forward to checking it out and seeing how it all came together. That's cool. What was the scope of your work on that film? Did you actually get to work with Vin Diesel? Um, I did a little bit. Cool. Uh, mainly, so Justin Yu, who was the uh, supervising fight coordinator, mm-hmm. myself being the co-fight coordinator, and then we had Jeremy Marinas, who was one of the doubles for Alex Hernandez, who plays Tibbs in the film. They didn't show him too much in the promos, yep. but he's the guy that has all the cameras on his body. Yep. We're kind of like the, the U.S. fight team. And then we worked with the South African fight team. So we have Ian Williamson, who's our um, kind of, well, Tor Robinson is the main Vin Diesel double. And then Ian Williamson is an additional because there's just so much action involved yeah. that we needed, you know, doubles. And then from there, we have Nathan Barris and uh, Scott Kirkbride or to uh, Sam Hugan, our Dalton doubles. Cool. And so this big team, and then we have Electratic, uh, who was our KT, our Isa Gonzalez double. Between this whole team, sometimes we split into two units. You know, we have first unit and second unit. So there'd be times where uh, Justin would be working hand-to-hand with J.J. Perry, who's the supervising coordinator, yep. uh, and Char Robinson, who's also the co-coordinator. And they would be working along with their South African match to you know, get all the action with the actors while maybe myself and Jeremy are preparing something for second unit or vice versa. You know, I'd be on set with JJ um, every now and then working with Vin, some of the other actors, depending on, and Justin would be prepping something else, you know, with like a car sequence or another fight sequence. So there's a lot of bodies moving around. So there's times where we interacted with him. Vin would always kind of come in and rehearsal and give his, you know, two cents on what he felt the style should be. And that's always interesting is that when an actor comes in, he's not too worried about the moves. He's just more worried about how's that going to get conveyed, you know, in terms of the character. Like, what's the signature style of his character at this point compared to early in the scene when, you know, he's a, a soldier and then how he's understanding his body to now he understands his body. So I always think that's interesting seeing that progression and an actor think that way because, you know, that just makes it allows us to hopefully adapt our, our action design to to fit the story. So it feels smart and it feels right. But yeah, it was, you know, he was always very cordial. He's very nice to the stunt team and working with the other two actors, uh, Sam Hugan and Alex Hernandez was great. And he says, well, all three of them worked extremely hard and especially um, Sam and Alex who really, you know, like Vin, but they really wanted to, I think they were inspired to get in there and get after it. You know, like we had our doubles we needed to do, but they really did a lot of the work. They were really, coming in, um, putting in tons of time in the gym, tons of time in rehearsal. Because I think Sam's used to doing a little bit more action. I think he was in the film, um, The Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, yeah. He's a little bit of action in that. And then Alex is a theater actor that came more from New York, and he's done a lot of great local stuff over there in New York. But, you know, it was his first real, like, action film. And so he really was invested in filling out his character but getting the physicality down. So that's always great to have these actors. And Issa, the same with herself. She had her opinions and really wanted to flesh out things to play KT. 
So having all these actors uh, just be vocal about that and put in the time, that's where we hope. We had a lot of fun doing the action, so hopefully it comes out the same way. Well, is there uh, a particular scene that you're looking forward to seeing in terms of something that you guys you know, had a, a real hand in crafting? Yeah, there's like two or three sequences that I would say that, are, that hopefully really stand out. Um, there's a big sequence in a tunnel, which I won't explain how they get there, but there's a big tunnel sequence shootout. You may have seen it in the trailers where Vin's kind of in red and, you know, there's lots of soldiers involved. Yeah. He's kind of in this bloodshot scene. And that's cool because that's a realization of the character understanding now that he has real power. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think he first approaches it as a soldier. And then as we were designing it all together, really pointing out that now bloodshot's understanding he's bloodshot, you know? So it's like to see that uh, transition in the sequence is really cool. Then there's a big two-on-one uh, elevator sequence, which they show as well in the uh, trailers. And that's cool just because now you get to see every, you know, person have their own style against each other kind of thing. And then just a big uh, car sequence, like before that, where it's a big chase sequence, which you've also seen bits of uh, the character Tibbs on a motorcycle and things like that. It was my first time doing any car sequence stuff. I just helped on second unit with JJ, just camera operating a little bit. He graciously had a talk with the camera department and they gave me, you know, just one of like the C cams because they obviously have their own camera people. I was just there to get, you know, little bits of action that I could. And um, it was cool. It was just cool to kind of do everything, not just fights, but like chase sequences and cars. So I think it was really cool to just have such an international team uh, work so cohesively together. And so hopefully that really shows, you know, because all the South African stunt people were great to work with. And they really did an awesome job. That sounds so much fun. <laughs> One of the things that I'm always interested in, because uh, as an outsider, I always wonder what does it sound like uh, in the room where you and Jeremy Marinas and JJ Perry and Justin Yu and, you know, the whole stunt team are, are getting together and just talking about how to pull these things together. Because... In my mind, you know, you're, you're all there, and there's a lot of sound effects from your from from all of you talking about <laughs> trying to explain something, yeah. and you know, and then and then uh, the two of you get up and actually, you know, demo the moves, and and that that has to be what it's like every time you guys get into a meeting. Is that even close to reality? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, actually, <laughs> that's the, the funny part, right? Is like that's the part where it reminds me, you know, we're all a bunch of a big little kids. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. <laughs> Like, you know, as JJ like to say, you know, we're just a bunch of little boys with their toys because it's true. It's like JJ and Justin have worked so well together and, and Justin's really into um, firearms and, and uh, driving and all that. So, you know, he comes from a fight background. He has a wushu background, but he's really gravitated as he's gotten uh, more experience in the stunt world, guns and cars, which is a great element because he has a fight background. So he understands how to adapt all that stuff together. Jeremy being an amazing tricker and amazing performer and double. And he's got, you know, his brain wrapped about so many different funky moves and elements. He's a great storyteller as well. And, you know, so between myself and those two guys and then JJ, who of course is great to be around and great energy to direct us all. It's like, that's how it is. You know, we're just all together. Like, yeah, what about this? And what about here? Where do we go here? We're like, oh, cool. Boom. But then it's funny. Cause it's like the video I put out. Now we're like, cool. How do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> we think of all these grandiose ideas and are like, all right, now we have to do it. And, and I guess that's, what's cool is besides being able to talk to every idea, you know, some we just can't do because of budgetary or time reasons, you know, sometimes the production's really stoked and then they're like, 
oh yeah, we can't block off this street or, oh yeah, you know, this is going to cost X amount of money to <laughs> right. do this. So we're like, oh, okay. It is what it is, but at least we're able to cohesively work together, you know, give a great presentation or do a great previs and then, you know, see how much we can really get. And it's a great learning experience for me because it's like, it shows the benefit of doing all of that prep work, you know, working together as a team, working together and just showing what everyone is capable of and the value of doing these things, you know, because sometimes I feel like people dismiss the idea of prep or, or previs work. Not that it's not important, but that we shouldn't give it as much important as the production work. And I'm like, well, it's always half and half. It's not our movie. Of course, production is going to do what they feel is best for their production. But I think it's our duty as designers to push the envelope a little bit and, you know, just show production what if, right? And it's kind of like building a house. It's like if we give them a blueprint and they're stoked on the blueprint, I think the blueprint should be adaptable enough that if they want to make changes or, like I said, if it's budgetary or time, somebody else has an opinion on this or that, you know, it's just a blueprint. It doesn't mean we can't change it. it you know, at the end of the day, let's only change it so much. So we have a great game plan going in. And then that way, if we need to make any really last minute changes, just enough to enhance the scene. Hopefully not enough to, you know, derail it by any means. And it takes time to do that stuff. It takes time and having a great team involved to show all of that. So hopefully everyone will see, you know, the hard work that everybody put into it. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. You know, speaking of that, though, uh, when you put so much work and effort into crafting something... It's got to be gut-wrenching when yeah, you realize that it can't be done, though, right? I mean, it, do you, did you have to face that uh, on this particular project where you guys put something together and you're, you you block it all out and you're like, yeah, you know what? We can't do that. And that's that's kind of killing us right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that's every project, right? But I guess in this one, we really tried to I, – I guess we'll see how it is in the movie, but, you know, Dolphin's character has these – appendages like these almost arms that come out of his body that are just attached so you'll see how he gets and you know develops and all that but we try to which i give to jj's credit a lot you know we try to make it um tangible and real you know i think like in video games and other things it's kind of like doc ock right whenever somebody has like robotic arm appendages it kind of just feels like they're a life of their own they yeah. move at their own pace and they're not attached to the character you know it doesn't feel like it's real but the team collectively really tried hard to show the reason and physicality. This guy's actually using the arms. You know, he's got a, which which also gives a human timing. You know, he can only move the arms so fast. He can only hit them so hard. You know, like there's holes and things like that, which would make sense. You yeah. know, it's like, it's great. He has these attachments, but he's not invincible. You know, just like Bloodshot is not completely invincible. He's got all these enhancements and powers, but how do we still allow people to understand that he's a person first, you know, that just became enhanced. And we pitch every idea under the sun that we can, but you know, <laughs> if we can't do it, we can't do it. It's, it's all good. It's like, hopefully, you know, there's another film that involves something like that. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, there's nothing really to get too married to meaning like, you know, you do your best, you try to pitch as much as you can. And you know, there's always stuff you can keep on the back burner for later. Cause you just never know. It's like, um, I think it's in, my story where Jackie Chan talks about it, he has a wall of post-its mm. of ideas, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and, you know, he would say like, even the, 
one of the post-its was like, you know, use a hot air balloon. He's like, oh, I use that on Armor of God. But he's like, I remember writing that, you know, whatever time ago. And then, you know, it took me X amount of years and then I used it. You know, it's like things like that. And I agree. It's like, you just never know what you come up with can be reused again and, and fully realized later. You know, so that's the way I see it, at least. Your back burner must be completely chock full, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, because it's like, I have so many ideas. Who knows what it is? That's why I shoot what I shoot, too, right? It's like, who would have thought, yeah, shooting a bunch of weapons together? would be entertaining. <laughs> that video, particular video, has gotten a lot of uh, some great praise. Well, I my whole thing is, you know, like I put in all that work for for the people involved because my my philosophy is if, if they, the performers, put in 50% with me, inherently we're all going to look good, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm putting in my time, they're putting in their time. Now it's my job to finalize that and make them look their best. And if they don't, for whatever reason, then, you know, I live with that choice as the director or the designer or any of that. And I'm fine with that. But if people really take to it, then I think it's just a testament to everybody being one unit and putting it out there for everyone. So I'm all for those guys getting all the credit because it's like, well, they made me look good. You know, (laughs) they're doing their thing and it's awesome. Yeah, uh, I want to call out someone who uh, also appreciated your work. Uh, you may have heard of him, but uh, Benny the Jet Urquidez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, he was gracious enough to come on the show, and I showed him your shot for shot remake of uh, that particular scene with him and Jackie Chan from uh, uh, Wheels on Meals. But um, he uh, was very appreciative of what you guys did. He said that uh, Mickey and Brendan did a great job, and. I think he I think he liked what you guys did. That's that's awesome and and that's a great honor because I mean it's like you know him and Jackie did it for real like yeah. they did something no one had ever seen at that time. You know and of course to have that praise is, is incredible and amazing. <laughs> but yeah, it's like thanks to people like him that you know Jackie and those guys were kind of doing the same thing in a way. They were they were testing the limits of what um, Hong Kong cinema was doing right like they started shooting international locations getting real fighters trying to make them do all these crazy things and you know here we are 20-30 years later uh, people like myself and Vlad and Sloy are kind of doing the same thing and all across the board right we're taking other martial arts talent or other stunt talent and making them act and making them do these crazy concepts and ideas because you know that's what we grew up watching our heroes do the same thing so I think that's awesome. I don't. I don't know what else to say. Really <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you should, you should definitely be very proud, and I, I have no doubt that you know, twenty years from now, someone's going to be remaking an Emmanuel Manzanera scene. So don't don't fret about that. Oh dear God! Let's move on to something else. That last time we talked, uh, you were excited about Harry Haft. What's the status of that project? I'm not sure, actually. Uh, I I want to say that. I think they're they're waiting till it's a proper time to um, to release it because you know it's such a heavy film. It is, yeah, and it's a film that um, has a lot of history and obviously real history. So I would assume they don't want to put it out, you know, during the summer blockbusters or kind of get lost in the wind of things. So I would assume, hopefully, or we'll see if they put it out towards award season. But uh, cool. The last I heard of it is that you know it's still in editing and in post and just making sure taking time to get it right. And it looks great. You know, that's at least from um, 
with Clay Barber had told me, I think he had spoke to the producers not too long ago and everybody was, was pretty stoked, um, on everything. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm very excited. I tell a lot of people about that film just because it is real. But at the same time, like we talked about last, um, it's just such a different film than, yeah. than what I've done and used to, you know, I'm so used to doing these kinds of projects with the superheroes and people that are larger than life and all these things, which is great, you know, but then you do this film about this real person in a real event. And because there's only so much, I guess, documentation about that specific incident in his life, you're kind of creating it from scratch in a way, you know, based off hearsay or based off notes. And so, you know, how do you do that and give respect to a person um, and a person's story? I think that's always kind of a daunting task. So I feel like everybody did a great job and that was a really special thing to be part of. So hopefully it comes out great. Yeah. Uh, ben Foster starring in that, right? How's his, how's his fight game? Really good, actually. Cool. And he's very surprising, you know, in the sense that uh, he'd always come in and do great. He'd always come in and rehearse. He'd always love to, to come in and train. But it's funny because and this is a big thing that I learned from him, which was really great, is that he'd always come in and never really want to push. I've seen some actors really like, they worked their way up to, let's say, a shooting speed, right? Like, which is, let's say, about normally 60 or 70% of one's energy right? When they actually shoot a fight scene because they don't want to overwork themselves. But Ben really, really likes to rehearse, not just repeatedly and consistently, but like really around like 10% speed, 5% speed, really slow. And it was interesting because um, I remember you're kind of looking at this guy go through the motions. And then sometimes, you know, it's like, I think as martial artists inherently, we look at like lines and structure and shapes and you're like, oh, I wish he could fix that. Right. But you also have to understand that as an actor, they're, it's not that they're not focusing on that and giving respect to that. They're having to carry the whole movie right. in their head, right. in their body motion, in their technique. So, of course, they're thinking about that. But at the same time, they're really thinking about what is the character doing at this point of the fight? And now after receiving a few blows or thinking they're winning, what's the character going to do? Oh, now this happened. Now what do I do? You know, it's a constant stream of thought. And so to see him kind of go through every fight in that way, especially, you know, between the fights in uh, Auschwitz compared to when he's a fully fledged boxer and see the, the difference as well. That was really astounding to see because I normally don't see too many actors go through that. I think what tends to happen and, and not to say that every actor does this, it's just, I think what tends to happen is that, uh, of course, if you try something physical for the first time, you get really focused on the physics, right? Like you're like, I really want to get this move down. I really want to get this technique down. But I think the actors that understand their limits, they they supersede that because they really take the time to ensure the character's there. So then when we would go on the day, it's like all the the things or um, well, myself and Khalid Gaji, the, the fight coordinator, would see would all go away. You know, it's like he had everything planned out. It's kind of like watching someone do lines and, and just rehearse lines and kind of just being like, and now I do this and now I do that. So if you hear that, you're like, oh, that doesn't sound very impactful. And then all of a sudden he goes on set and then everything just happens. And you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's like that really shows his just his gravitas as an actor and just his talent, you know, that he can. I feel he's one of the few that I've seen that can just come in and make it look so effortless on oh, the day, cool. you know, and then that was really cool to see. And that really made me rethink 
a lot of training in general, because I think it's all about making people feel comfortable and understanding where they need to go. And then from there, you know, it's getting them to trust that they have it. You know, they have the lines, they have the structure, they have the movement and just go for it, you know, give it a shot and, and we'll make amendments as we need to. So it was cool to really see that come, come to life and set. So yeah, man, Ben, Ben knows the shit for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's great. And uh, knowing that uh, he's got that kind of uh, focused uh, perspective on things, uh, it leaves a lot of promise for this film. That's cool. Yeah, totally. What else uh, What else do you have going on then? What else is uh, in the works? I know you're in Chicago right now and you're off to LA in a couple of days. So uh, what are you working on that you can talk about? Um, so I started the year off working on a little project called The Mandalorian. Uh, <laughs> so cool and, um, love that show and uh I, I really can't can't say much about it but i would just i had a great opportunity to come and and help uh the team out cool. um because the, the show is obviously super secretive and yeah i cannot say anything about it <laughs> i worked on it and it was awesome um, so awesome but it was it was very cool to come in and uh work with a great eclectic team and very thankful to come in and work on it. You know, didn't expect that at all. And I think uh, right away from my first day working on it, you know, sometimes when you work on these films, at least from, I guess, a stunts perspective, it's like when you work on it enough, you know, it, it's a job. And not that it's a bad thing. It's just like, you know, you go in, you get used to like seeing the studio, seeing stuff, costumes, all that, right? You're kind of like, okay, what do I need to do today, right? What's the task at hand? But I remember... Um, going and, and walking on set and being like, Oh, Oh, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm here. You know, like, <laughs> I, I can't imagine that I'd ever get over any of that. If I was walking on that set. Yeah. So it was, it was like, all right, I'm here. You know? <laughs> um, and it was, yeah, it was awesome. But I did, I had a, I just had a really brief time there. Um, I, I want to say careful. No, I know. <laughs> no, I uh, no, just say that. Yeah, I just had a, a really great time, and and working with the teams that were there were fantastic. You know, just working with every fantastic performer. So, can you say if you're coming back for season two? Um, okay, let's drop it. <laughs> no, I don't know. This didn't exist. Who are you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, how yeah, about how uh, about uh, can you tell us if you saw Baby Yoda on set? I don't know, even know what you're talking about. Okay, all right. <laughs> 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 all right good enough all right so what else what else other than the super awesome mandalorian um i worked on a there's a show called penny dreadful oh yeah and penny dreadful started as a series set in london i believe yeah. with yeah. josh harden and evergreen and uh they're doing a fourth season in la which i think is really cool there's a coordinator named uh, mark norby who did the first two seasons of true detective yep and He's a, a great, fantastic coordinator. He's a, such an amazing soul to work for. And Vlad actually is the fight coordinator on that show. Cool. And so the show is, without giving too much away, it's it's set during the Zoot Suit riots in L.A. Mm. And so it kind of implies that, you know, besides the racial tension that, you know, there may or may not have been in some, you know, demonic interference that kind of led to these violent events. Nice. Um, which I think is cool. It kind of takes a bit of history and gives it a little spin. But yeah, Vlad was very gracious, you know, during my time on Mandalorian, because I was in town, him and Mark, you know, asked if I was available. And I just came in and day played as a person. But we did this, this really crazy uh, 
big uh, riot scene, you know, this big group fight. And um, and it was great. We just got to work again with a lot of great friends. And and then from there, you know, Vlad's been running Lucifer yeah. um, as a fight creator on that as well. So he's been very busy, which I'm really happy for him. And same thing. He was just like, hey, if you're free, you know, we're doing another big old group fight. And I'm like, cool. Awesome. <laughs> so it's been nice to um, to just perform and and not worry too much about the uh, the business side and anything else like that. You know what I mean? Because sometimes I was just talking to a couple of friends about that that are all now like fight coordinators on these great big shows that are coming out or, you know, TV or film. And we all talked about, you know, when we first started, it was all about trying to to get on and day play, which is a term just for using as like, you know, kind of running between sets and working as many jobs as you can at any given time. And once you become like a fight coordinator and you're in a management position, you have so much to worry about and be responsible for, which is all great. It's what we signed up for, but you don't always get a chance to really perform and perform in the sense of, you know, you come in, you might be guy number four, getting shot or person having a quick little skirmish with so-and-so and and then you get knocked down, you know, and there's something fun and simple about doing that. It's kind of like, I guess if you're related to, um, you know, like a retail job, it's like, instead of being the manager of the store, you know, you're just the, the person working the front, you know, you're the person helping somebody get something in the store. Um, and there's just a simplicity to that. That's always kind of fun, especially when you know, like, someone you really respect and, and you enjoy working with is running it because one, it's going to be fun. And then two, it almost feels easy because everyone understands what's happening and needs to happen. Um, so yeah, it was, it's been great to just kind of get back in, in that old saddle and perform and have fun and, you know, perform with friends again that, you know, haven't been able to see just because we've all been so busy. Uh, and just really thanks to Vlad and, and Mark Narby for, allowing me to, to do that. So it's been cool. 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 What about on the indie side of things? I'm sure there's a, a, a bunch of other things that you have percolating in your head that will be begging to put on film. Yeah. Um, you know, since I've been in LA because of, uh, after Mandalorian, um, and just kind of in between the downtime of the other two shows, that's how I shot this fight that just came out. And, uh, I guess I'm in in the process of shooting something else, but you know what I was telling everybody that's been close to me is I've kind of been retrading what I used to do when I first shot stuff. Like when I first shot things, I used to just kind of, you know, have an idea, maybe try to make it have some sense, try to end it on like a fun way. Even like this other thing that I'm kind of shooting, I would have ideas where I would just let it be based on, you know, a specific song or a song or two. You know what I mean? Like, just let it kind of flow. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm just kind of having fun expressing and just letting ideas and and things be. And it's been great. It's kind of, it's like a reimagining, I guess, in a way. And there's something liberating about being able to just do that. You know, like I don't, I guess in a broader term, I don't have to do these things. Obviously, because I I work and um, I'm just very lucky to work with the coordinators that I'm working with and being challenged that way. But I think it's also, it's fun to check in with yourself. I feel, you know, it's like, it's fun to see where you're at. It's fun to see um, what you need to work on, uh, what you can maybe clarify more to an audience, you know, like if the idea doesn't stick right away, because all that stuff applies to work. You know, like if you're selling a certain idea to an actor, director, producer, writer, 
they're not martial artists. They're not action people. Even if they are action people, I think always story is paramount. So you want to sell an idea based off of something they can get behind, you know, not just a cool move just because anyone can do that. You know, there's more amazing um, choreographers and designers than I would say that, that I'm capable of in terms of coming up with uh, fantastical moves and elements and things like that. But I just try to put my spin on it as, you know, what if, what about this? You know, what do you think? And in order for me to understand myself, I think it's best that I put myself in the hot seat and go, okay, cool. Here's an idea. Hopefully people will like this, you know, and, and see where it goes. Well, as a creative, you definitely need that outlet for your own personal stuff. Right. So this is, this is your flex. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a, in a humble way. Yeah, you of know? course. I mean, you know, it's a, it's like, listen, my, my whole thing, I, when I put things out, like I said, it's really about showing the whole of everyone as much as possible. It's not that I don't want the spotlight. It's just what I'm really saying is inherently, if everyone does their part, we all do look good yeah, and it's great. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like I need those people, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't have been able to do that video without someone like Brian Slaughter and Jay Quan or any other video that I've done. I've been very gracious to work with my peers and other people. And that's the type of people I do want to work with, you know, cause sometimes you work with people that, like I said, it's not very much different. People may want to, bash the idea of certain actors and it's like i get it they're not in that realm but there's some peers that are just take it for granted is really what i'm saying and it's like you don't have to you got into a position we all got into a position we should be grateful for what we have because you just never know if uh you're gonna work the next job just because it's the name of the game you know like they might not want my flavor of the month for whatever reason that's nothing that I should be holding a grudge about. It's just, you know, okay, cool. If I'm not working for whatever reason, what can I do to stay busy? And if I'm going to use other people, I have to respect their time. You know, I have to respect their talents and do my best to show them at their best because that's where I'm willing to go, you know, and make that clear to them. So that's kind of my whole thing is just, if we all look good, it's going to be awesome. You know, if those guys um, get more and more notoriety for, who they are and what they do. Absolutely. They put in the time themselves, you know, whether for their projects or whether they're helping myself or Vlad or any other person that does this thing, you know, it's like, let's help each other. Let's get gas together. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So when then do you make that musical starring a young martial artist who likes to mess around with spiders? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's not the musical I wanted to make, but that sounds like a pretty good one too. <laughs> I think that I'm sure you would find a way to make an uh, excellent spin on that. So, <laughs> Well, there, there you go. So I'm going to say original concept by uh, Jeff Vita. And... <laughs> That'd be very cool. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, always great to talk with you. I uh, love the work that you're doing. Um, it's always great to see your videos and um, know that you're uh, involved in some of the coolest projects out there right now. Best of luck with everything else that's going on. And, uh, you know, like I said, man, when, you, uh, when you're up there on that stage accepting that Oscar, just remember the Kung Fu Driving Podcast. <laughs> yes, but after I thank my wife first. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure she's listening to this. Hi, babe. Thank you. <laughs> That's very, very cool. Um, again, best of luck and uh, safe trip to LA. And uh, I hope to see much, much, much more of your work uh, very, very soon. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. 
Always great to hear from Emmanuel. So many, many thanks for hopping back on the show with me. Bloodshot hits theaters March 13th. So if you like the action that you see on screen, tip your hat to the incredible work of the stunt team. J.J. Perry, Justin Yu, Jeremy Marinas, of course Emmanuel, and the many other stunt performers, coordinators, and choreographers who work so hard to make that action really pop off that screen. Please go visit the YouTube page of LBP Stunt Chicago to see that newest video featuring Brian Sloyer and Jay Kwan and a host of weaponry. I'll leave that link in the show notes. I wish Emmanuel the best of luck with Bloodshot, Harry Haft, The Mandalorian, and everything else he's got going on. You can follow Emmanuel on his socials. He's really active on Instagram, at Emmanuel Manzanares. I'll leave that link in the show notes as well. Let him know that you checked out his episode right here on the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. Follow me on all my socials as well. And if you're a PR rep and you want to get in touch with me, email me at kungfudrivein at gmail.com. Until next time, Poison Clan, peace. Poison Clan rocks the world. Some action, drink a little wine and get drunk and then we're fighting Ha, this time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine and get drunk and then we're fighting Ha, this time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws I see the iron fisted bunk upon the daily prayers Shouting monks on the hands, running down the thousand stairs The fate of Lee Khan, now's in King Yu's hands With the fearless idea, they're roaming over the land Yeah, the little bitch soldier is old and wiser He wants a world of peace because he doesn't want to fight Yo, got the venom mob laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks, guaranteed to great jars Fight for the cars, then pause, hear the applause Not again, back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good, but boards don't hit back Yeah, the death jewels here, David is coming back The Tai Chi master, jet is even faster Could chat a little drink because he is the drunken master Once upon a time in China Rosamund Kwan is real fine, but see Maggie show your spine off Golden Swallow has arrived Shang-Chi movies will the hero will survive We've got the brave archer make his way to the top Of the mountain gonna fight, may as well pick the spot Yeah, the sky goes black, cut the vampires back We've got Lam Ching Ying to kill them all, so stand back You place the black magic on the soul of the sword And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun Shaolin and Mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary pops Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's warm We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Ha! This time it's war, we smash the place up with a dragon claw. See, it's a game of death, yo, you're facing the big boss. It's once upon a time in China, counting the TikTok. The shogun assassin slashing blood of just drip drop. The head kick, neck drop, balance the bone stop. Wanna kill Bill, better get the assassins. He's got Emma just in yellow, but she is in the dragon, but in the tea rooms. That's where it'll happen. She got the bodies on the floor when the blood will splatter against the wall. The fear of all, to kill them all. There's always blood spilled when you head into a war. Fearless. Unleash the fist of legend that the car gently. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets. And it's simple, see the facts are these. It's only ever gonna be one Bruce Lee. Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha. 
this time it's war We smash the place up with a dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting